Real, raw, and unapologetic. I am Annie. And I am Julie. And we are sharing conversations, thoughts, ideas, and practices that illustrate our true selves and how we navigate through this thing called life. We hope to illuminate, enhance, and inspire you to be you without shame, blame, or regret. Authentic and unapologetic. Hello, hello. Back. Um, so we were just discussing. I said, I don't, I'm really glad that I'm not in a relationship right now because I feel like I would be yes. on the verge of a breakup because I know so many people going through breakup, relationship transitions, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't know if it's something in the moon and stars or just a big shift in the universe or whatever, but. I was like, I'm really glad I'm not going through that right now. Not that I haven't gone through it before, but just glad I'm not the one. I'm just getting to observe at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then we, that led us to discuss like how the process of healing, right? Mm-hmm. How do how do we? And we were ju- we're just starting out with relationship healing, breaking broken relationship mm-hmm. stuff but I'm sure we're going to go on some other tangent. But Well, I've been, and I've talked to, there's several, like you said, several people. I've been talking to a couple of people that they want the breakup to be the end of the feeling bad. Yeah. And it's just a different, you're breaking up because it's bad, but then you don't snap your fingers and then life's good. There's a healing yeah. time. And what is that? look like and so many people that we know right now and myself and other but are going through that healing time and of course we all want it to be faster right but right there are too many factors when you think of it though like how long did it take for it to get crappy oh i mean it could have started out that way and you just weren't fully aware you weren't weren't ready to make a change whatever but also like how long did it take to get crappy? How long did it take for, how long were you in it that way? You know, like there's so many the factors. What crappy? Yeah. And it's not just the current, well, I mean, we can go on this later, but it's not just the current relationship. It, no. it goes back way for it, right? <coughs> it's never so the talk current about, relationship. I know, right? Jeez. It's always the relationship probably from your parents or something, but like it, it everything starts in childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, your but, inner child, your unhealed inner child is yes. making relationship choices for your adult child, and oh. that's why we're here. Yep. <laughs> Fuck yeah, right? Daddy issues are real. They are. <laughs> you know what? I um I remember like when I was younger, my my friend Carrie would always she wanted to call Oprah <coughs> and get Oprah to find my dad for me. And I was like, Carrie, why do you need to find my dad? Why don't you want to? And I was like, I am so, I am the person that I am because my dad wasn't around. And I kind of like who I am. Do you not like who I am anymore? And we're in like high school. Right. You know, so I'm like, do you not like this? Why do you want 
to find my dad so bad. Well, you should, because that was a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. Oprah was finding, every cock show probably was finding lost parents and reuniting lost loved ones or whatever. So she was very much wanted to find my dad for me. I was like, I don't need to find my dad. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just fine. Uh, I'm fine without a dad. If I had a dad, I'd be a different person. And then what would you, wouldn't we, wouldn't even be friends, you know? But in the moment, and, and I still hold true to that. Like, right. I absolutely, that was my journey. And I am the person I am because my father wasn't around. However, I, in that moment, I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. I have no issues mm. because of this. <laughs> Fast forward like 15 years, I started to realize like I might have some troubles with relationship. I love how you're like even your this. face is like I can't. I'm like I might, I might, you know. And then fast forward even 15 more years, I was like I got fucking daddy issues, you know. Mm-hmm. I got abandonment issues, I got all sorts of issues. And, like, going back to revisit that, like, now, do I need to find him? No, well, actually, I know now that he's passed away. Mm -hmm. But did I need to go find him to figure all of this out? No. Would finding him back then have made, I mean, who knows what would have happened, right? We could guess a million scenarios for that. But at that time, I wasn't ready to accept that I had any issues because of it. I was like, I have my grandpa and my uncle who, in hindsight, are both fucked up too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't spit it out your nose. I made her laugh. With right, when I mouth. was taking a drink. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love them. I love mm-hmm. them. And my they were very prominent father figures in my life. Yeah. However, we all got fucking issues, yeah. right? And so they created their own issues. And- well, the reality is, is we're all carrying... Mm-hmm. Things from the people that did their yeah. best. Well, most people, not all yeah. parents, but most of the time, people are, they're operating from their trauma in the best way they know how. Yeah. And so what are you going to do? Right, right. What are you going to do? Exactly. And what, and what does a perfect dad figure look like? Who I have fuck no fucking idea. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But anyway, so, that, I mean, that's just one little scenario of, right. of aspect of my life that I have had to begin to heal, right? right? Um, I even hate the word healing because it really insinuates that something is wrong and broken and, you know, and... It also insinuates that, when I think of healing, you get a paper cut and it heals and you don't see where the paper cut Mm is anymore. Healing emotionally, you're evolving. Yeah. You're not... You're not going to go back to who you were. That person is gone. Yeah. And I think we, we think... I know I've talked to a couple of friends where they think, I want to go back. You know, you're, there's no. no going back. No. And so the healing suggests that we get over something, like we, we don't see the paper cut anymore and we move on and we right. don't remember. And it's not the case that it's the evolution. And like you're saying that something's wrong rather than saying, this is now part of my history. Mm-hmm. And when I move forward, I want to move forward with this information right. differently. Right. Um, but healing is the... The key word that yes, you know yes, that everybody uses nowadays. So we'll stick with it. <laughs> but what would I just you use instead, though. I don't know. I feel like transformation, transformation, expanding, growth, those changing. sort shifting, changing. Those I love those words better. I, I love those words better. I love those words more. They have more of a resonance with me. Um, 
but that's there's nothing wrong with the word healing that's just my own personal like i feel like it's overused or used in the wrong context but a lot of people sometimes. just say they're healing because time is passing oh. and you're like no that's not healing yeah, yeah. i mean time passing helps certain things for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. but people go well i'm just healing yeah. but what are you doing yeah. you want to know what i used to do go out and find someone else to have sex with Oh, that was a really good way yeah. of healing. Yeah, I like healing. <laughs> um, I don't know that it really made sexual <laughs> healing is good. For I don't me. know that it really made like <laughs> lasting deep impressions in my. <laughs> I mean, well, it did. It did. Some of them did. Um, but yeah, so there's that. That's you know the progression of time shifting into something else. But I was just jumping right back into unhealthy things for me, right. you know. And um, I want to say something. God, I can't remember if we talked about it. But before we move on from this, how interesting that is because one of the most programmable times in for in oh, your life is did, right yeah. after sex. Yeah. So if you're trying to be in this new transformation phase of your life. And part of what you're doing for healing is having sex again, which I think is not uncommon. Right. I don't think this is uncommon. You're consistently putting yourself in a programmable mm -hmm. mode. Yep. Program. You want to know what I program myself with? People who get up and run away right away. Yep. Full of those programs <laughs> from my daddy, and I just kept reprogramming. Them. I'm not right gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> shut this door because I know where this is going. So I'm gonna leave oh, the door. Anyway, open. <laughs> so the whole point is like, how do we yeah, yeah, heal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, what are yeah. methods that we use to heal, and to know that it doesn't happen overnight. Now there are times when it might seem like, oh my god, I just had this epiphany and this happened, and now I yeah. feel so different. But that's because I've been doing things baby stepping up to that point right. right so i have to take um give credit to all of the little things i've done to get to the big epiphany moments of right. healing right um but i it just doesn't it, it doesn't happen overnight like that it some parts of it can happen very quickly some parts cannot and i know we're just talking about relationships but there are i mean i guess that is life relationships we're talking about like um Love, intimate, like partner, partner intimate relationships, relationships, male, female, same sex, whatever the hell your type of relationship is. Right. Um, but um, this can be like all, all levels of relationship too. So take what we're talking about with sexual intimate relationships, <laughs> partnerships, and apply it wherever well, you need to. Well, I think we do put more weight <laughs> on intimate relationship breakups. Yes. As something, maybe we should put more weight other places. But when we're, when I'm talking yeah. to people and I know like right now is my friends aren't sitting down. I'm not spending hours on the phone with friends and they're talking about their job. Right. Right now, everyone's talking about breaking up with people. And what is the commonality is I broke up. Why don't I feel better? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and so I have two people that I can think of in particular, but one of them, it, because the relationship bat was bad and there was a knowledge that breaking up needed to happen, there was an assumption that once that breakup occurred, everything would be magically better. And I think that's, no version of healing looks like that. Right. It can even look worse. I was just going to say it might feel worse because it's like you fucking just 
cut something. Right. Literally cut something. Literally cut something. Yeah. Something died. We've we talked wait, about grieving We gotta wait for it to scab over now, right? <laughs> That's such yeah. a good point, is you cut, have cut something off, and so yeah. that wound is fresh. Yeah. So yeah, let it scab over. Give yeah. it a minute. Yeah. But also the minute... I, we just said this a, a little bit ago, but I think we just wait and hold still emotionally hold still mm. and hope that things change rather than understanding that even in this moment of feeling this wounded, you have to put something on the wound, mm. <laughs> right? You yeah. can't just sit there and watch yourself bleed and wonder why it's yeah. not getting better. Yeah. So that's where it's like, what are the things you do? Like I have done, I could, I don't even, we could have hours of the things I've done to heal myself through things. But I feel like some big blanket ones are, I'd, I've done a lot of inner child work. And that looks, when I say a lot, I've done it in a lot of different ways. There's no one way, right? And when someone said inner child before, like 20 some years ago, I was like, that's fucking weird. Who needs, like, I'm not a child anymore, you know? When but someone said it to a... me three months ago, like <laughs> you, I was like, oh, bullshit, my inner child's fine. Yeah, but, but it's just this this aspect of uh, going into your subconscious to because we are we're just energetic beings, right? And right. so we hold the energy of every um, we we hold it, and we also can lose pieces, uh, chunks of energy too, right? right. Um, anyway, we we hold on to. All of that. It's the experiences. Everything is a part of who we are today. Mm-hmm. It has formed the, the marks on our soul, on our being, are there because of everything. So mm-hmm. this inner child is this part of... And this is like neuroscience stuff too. It's like yeah. part of your subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, you you have to... It's like a hypnotic state you have to get into. Yeah. Um, and you can do that with... A therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I was saying the other day to my friend, I'm like, I feel like, do I need a therapist right now? Like I've had therapists before, you know, for other things and they, for other aspects. And it always comes back to parental stuff. Like right. I went for weight loss stuff. And then I was like, wait, what do you mean we have to talk about my dad and my mom? Like, so just know it always goes back to your childhood. And so you might as well just do some inner just child work, there. get some okay. inner child work. So I, do I have someone to recommend at the moment? Absolutely not. Um, but there is like, you will know when you find the right person that can guide you through this kind of work. And I think so, finding the right person is definitely for sure. Like I'm all for that, but sometimes it's trying to decide what, you actually need because sometimes talk therapy is it and sometimes it's that's where I was going oh, sorry, oh, yeah. yeah yeah so it's not about talk therapy either yeah. you have yeah. to have no you have to be with a therapist that can guide you into right. this hypnotic state you need to be in a different state because when we are children we are in this um theta state which is like this deep programmable. meditative programmable state yeah. right and we don't spend a lot of time there in our adult life, right? So we need to be guided into that. And if you're not familiar with doing it yourself or you don't meditate a lot or you find it challenging to meditate, um, that's 
something that someone can guide you through, get you into that brainwave state, and then guide you through a process. Right. So I've been, I've learned from going to therapists. I've learned from doing a lot of shamanic deep study with shamanic work, um, with uh, sounds and binaural beats and stuff like that. Um, I, I've just studied a lot and then also been through my own sorts of therapies. Um, but the inner, to me, that for me, I always go back to the inner child stuff. Yeah. Like it's not, and and that doesn't mean like, like. I have concrete memories either mm. that come up because I have a hard time. So, I don't know what happened in my childhood that made my subconscious be like, Mm-mm-mm. you're not going to remember you're it. You're going to remember nothing. <laughs> so I have a hard time bringing those up, but I do not have a hard time anymore mm-hmm. surfacing the emotional or visceral feelings or yeah. surrounding something. Or I, when a memory does pop up, I'll be like, that's fucking weird. What, what the hell? But I'll be like, oh, wow. I never in a million years would have thought that this little experience would have had this ripple effect later in my life, right? Yeah. So it could be, and I'm, I'll just make something up right now. But like, let's say um, that I was, I don't know, taking, this is, I heard this on an explanation for something. Taking um, my dog out for a walk. I was a young kid. Took the dog out for a walk. Um, forgot to shut the gate when I came back. And then um, it, the dog got out and got hit by a car. And so now I have this like this guilt thing about it. And it could now relate to some structural thing that I do. Like I have to be like... I might, it might have manifested in OCD and I have to right. check and make sure all the doors are shut and locked every time I walk, you know, like you, you don't know where it's coming from. And I right. may have not even remembered that, that actual memory or thought that it had any impact on my life really. So my whole point being is like, that's part of inner child work mm-hmm. and you never fucking know what, where it really stems until you sit down and do the work and go yeah. back into it. I think one thing I want to back up though on before, because you'd have to yeah. do that inner child work is I think the first part about healing, whatever is recognizing that the goal isn't to get over an emotion. Oh, that's true. Right? Like sometimes I think the most important first step is to say, it is reasonable that I feel this way. Yeah. So it's not, uh, instead of my goal being like, I'm sad and I don't want to be sad. The goal is to be like, I'm sad. That's reasonable. I'm going to allow that. I, the, the thing that I do, and everybody, I think visualizations are good. Everybody can do something. But I kind of see an emotion as like a house guest where I go, mm. I see you. You're welcome to sit on the couch for a little bit. You can't stay for a long time. But you, I see you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit down and talk to you all day. I'm not going to. So I have to really be like, you're here. I get that you're in my house right now, my emotional house. I see that, I honor that, but you're not moving in. So we're just gonna let you mm. be here I for some that. time. Right, because it works for me to just honor yeah. that presence in that moment that I want to say that this is real. And then if you can say that the emotion is okay, then it's easier to go, 
And now I'm going to do some inner child work or whatever the work is, but inner child work that based on why this emotion is coming up for me and why I'm having such a hard time with it. Right. But you have to give yourself the grace to be like, I feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. You have to feel it. You got to feel it. We don't. I mean, and that I'm going to keep going back to childhood. That goes back to childhood. How many times are, and I am guilty of doing this to children Telling them, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Don't cry. Right. Don't cry. Shh. Be yep. quiet. It's okay. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. My mom, <laughs> that was the, the anthem of my life was, you'll be fine. Yeah. And it was always, the goal was always, oh, let's make this bad emotion go away and be like, yeah. but aren't you happy? You'd even say, I'm sad that my friend was mean to me at school today, but aren't you happy we're having meatloaf for dinner? Not related. <laughs> But I'm supposed to. And then they wonder why you want to eat everything away. But now I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to move past that. Right, right. I'm not supposed to talk about it. And that's my big thing is I'm certainly not going to talk about it because if we hold still long enough, we'll get meatloaf, right? Yeah. So I am not going to talk about it. We're going to blow by it and we're going to go, but something good is going to happen in the future. And that seems nice. You seem, like you say, I've done it to kids too. We think we're doing, even... I mean, we, you and I have tons of food stuff, but even people like, oh, I'm sad. Oh, should we go get some food? No. Why don't you ask me why I'm sad? Yeah. And then we'll get food. But um, Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But can I talk about yeah. why I'm sad? And it doesn't even have to be talking about it. Like, I'm picturing nurturing, like, you sure. know. Perfect. A, a, someone who's crying. It, it's okay to be sad. And saying things like that. Like, oh, I know you're sad. It's okay to feel that. You know, where do you, where do you feel it? Just keep crying. Keep crying. Yeah. You know, like if we did the opposite of what we actually do. Yeah. We probably wouldn't have to do inner child work later. Can you imagine <laughs> I'm sure we find sitting. a different reason. I can't even imagine. It makes me almost itchy to think about going back. When I think about going back to an emotional place of my youth. And I can't even wrap around the idea of someone sitting with me. Mm. and being or maybe or even asking what I need do right. you want me to sit with you right do you need some time to yourself but basically saying you get to have this emotion and how do you feel supported in having this emotion yeah I can't even imagine how less fucked up relationship choices <laughs> I would make if I didn't have any of that oh right because if yeah. I don't are you like this I'm like things are okay if there's if we're not talking about anything, then nothing bad is happening. Right. Well, that was my relationship with my latest official relationship <laughs> where we lived together and all of that. Um, what that's what it was like. There was nothing really escalated or wrong or whatever. We just were on different paths yeah. and literally living in the same house and same bed and living these two fully pulled apart lives, right? right? And so there was nothing to talk about, but there was so much to talk right. about. <laughs> I just didn't know how to talk. Right. <laughs> and I don't think he did either. And so it like something else had to happen to be like, Hey, maybe we'll pull you apart even further, you know? Um, so it, it can be that simple where you just don't even know you're just like in it and, or it can be extreme where 
and it that all depends on you know because my family did not talk about things nope do not nope. talk you just if you've got an emotion you, take it outside yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You um, just don't talk. And so how do I know how to Although the funny thing is my sister would completely disagree with this because my mom always wanted to talk about things. And in hindsight, I was like, there's so I don't have words for what's going on. Right. Right. And so I don't know how to talk about that. Right. And she didn't either, except for, you know, to tell me to talk. You need to talk you know, about you and to tell me she used to tell me, Oh, that's so funny. She used to tell me you need to cry. You need to cry. I'm so glad I made you cry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Support gone oh, wrong. Right? You know, it makes me think of something, too. Like, um, learning to identify. Because learning to name a feeling. Because sometimes you don't know what you're feeling in your body. And I don't know. I don't know the vehicle for it. But I know that now, as I'm older and I'm really working on this stuff... I try to identify the feeling, the first feeling. Mm, I'm sad. But what is the sad from? Because usually, let's say sad or anger. Anger tends to be mine, right? I'm usually not... Anger isn't the end of that problem. Anger is the symptom. Mm. And so I think when you start to... If you haven't been taught how to deal with your emotions, sometimes you don't even have to know how to name what you feel. Right. Right. So you're like, wait, am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I super excited? Do I have anxiety? Am I sad? Am I lonely? And then, then once you name it, then you can be like, okay, let me use this example that you just used. You said you're living together, but you had different lives, all this stuff. So, but then when you guys broke up, you still had a grieving process. Oh yeah. And so I could say, why would you have a grieving process? You're already living separate lives. But let's say you felt lonely. And you can correct me here, but yeah. let's say you felt lonely. Were you really lonely because you were kind of alone before? Or were you lonely because the habit of the... Pro- whatever. Yeah. So, and then why is the habit of having someone in your life so important? In a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you, you, if you're living separate lives, then why yeah. would you be sad when it's over? But we still are. Yeah. I, well, mine was because I was a failure, and I failed at relationship again. I hear you know? that one, sister. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big theme. That's a big theme in my life. Um, yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst. Yeah, it's so, I don't know. So, that, to, to circle back to that, like, what are some ways that we do? Like, and you, I was just thinking this, because you kept saying, if we're not, nobody taught me how to do that. We... Nobody taught anybody how to do it. Nobody taught our fucking parents how to do it or their parents how to do it or their parents. Like how the the only reason we're learning about this is because now psychologists and scientists coming together to figure this out. So then the only people who are learning about it are the ones who go to the therapy sessions. I know. And then they're in no space really to teach yet. Yeah. Um, Or they're like me who have absolutely been like there's no way in hell i'm having children because i i remember i aunt somebody i just never wanted kids right and but there was no like big like oh god because of whatever and people always ask that why don't you want kids what i'm like i don't know i don't know and one day i just spit it out and i was like because i don't want them to go through what i went through and then i recoiled and was like what does that even fucking mean and so whoever i said that to like assume like oh no you have what happened 
And I was like, I don't even know why I just said that. Right. But it felt like the biggest truth I've ever spoken in my fucking life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? So then I had to take that all in and go for it. But like... Also, I, I to... just have to add the side note of never ask anybody why they don't have kids. Okay, side note. I, right. Never ask that question. Ever, I know, right? Yeah. God, it's such a <laughs> shitty question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just like... So I go through all of this work and now I am capable of teaching a child, but I'm not having children. Right. I'm capable of, I've make, made some serious generational changes and healing in my lineage and I am not passing it on. No, you are though, but you're passing it on being <laughs> uh, well, a teacher yes. with yeah. to so many more people. Because I think about right. this a lot, like I, I've thought about it a lot as a, as a woman without kids and like what you're saying too is I'm like... If I had had my own, I wouldn't have had the capacity to, to give to. So I actually impacted more women right. or more kids, but I yeah. tend to, I always say I collect daughters, but more, I, I, I was able to impact more people. True. And so I think it doesn't have to be your biological right. offspring to make a generational impact. That is true. That yeah. is true. But we forget it, that because we put such that, a value on that motherhood. school teachers, it used to be that they were not allowed to, to get yeah. married, yeah. you know, have families, anything like that. And although that seems very... Problematic. <laughs> like, but From a patriarchal, misogynistic viewpoint... Right. There's actually like something good about like what we were just we're saying, just right? Like capacity. how else? But although they were just teaching, you know, math and reading, whatever. But but those are so but, yeah. But so that's what more. I do also. But on the outside, I teach way more than that to my right. my those students. Yeah, I have a variety of students at all ages and all different aspects of things that I teach. But but even the kids that are coming to me to for reading intervention are getting way more than that. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge impact. Yeah. I do think with, um, I don't know how we got on that thing. Oh, but learning how to do it, because you're right, like, to your point that nobody learned how to do it. Even now, even though I can do the work better on myself, I would even have a hard time telling somebody else. And I will say, we... If you, you keep talking about inner child work, and I'll tell you one of the things that's been so fascinating to me about inner child work is there's a lot of reasons why it's good, but one of the things, at least my experience, which is much more limited, but is, is that it takes you back to a place to know what you needed in that moment because we have this emotion. We say, I'm sad, whatever. But when you do the work to go back to say, when did you start to feel abandoned? Mm -hmm. And then can you remember a moment? And then when the question is asked, what could you have gotten in that moment that would have made this difference? That's mm -hmm. how you know what the real emotion is. If I had gotten a hug and told it was okay, that moment would have been different. I still could have had that thing happen. I remember this one stupid, this is real, a, a very inconsequential story, but it happened to come up a huge in inner child thing is I had dropped a pan of spare ribs on the carpet. Mm -hmm. And a can. What? A can of spare ribs? No, a pan. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, spare ribs. Damn, spare ribs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Totally taking I was supposed to take them to the neighbor, uh -huh. but I tripped and I dropped them. And in that moment, there was no focus on how bad I felt that I had dropped them uh -huh. or anything. I was just told, you've ruined the carpet and you've ruined their dinner. 
And so the question was, what did you need? And I needed somebody to say, this is actually okay. Yeah. It's just spare ribs. We'll make something different. And that I, so the point is I still was, it's not about not dropping the spare ribs. Right. That's my point. Right, right, right. It's about what did you need? And I needed right. someone to say, oh, not a big deal. Yeah. And that's the real emotion for me is not everything's a huge deal. You haven't ruined everything. Yeah. Right? So right. I'll have anxiety, but it's not anxiety. It's worrying that I've ruined everything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's a good Yeah. yeah. That's so, I love all of that. Too. Like I say, I say how excited I get about all this and love it. It sucks going through it. Oh, so yeah. let me just actually say that it does suck for all of these memories to come up and go through this. But I fucking love that there, you get to the root of something and it shifts everything. It shifts everything. I fucking love that. Well, that you um, know, you know what you need to ask for in the future. Cause that's a big part of yeah. it. It's like, if I know this is what my inner child needed, now this adult can extrapolate that and be like, this is what I need in the future and have a different outcome mm -hmm. to a same scenario. Exactly. Exactly. I had a um, recent, and I don't even know if this is my, I actually remember this or just remember my grandma telling me this story all the time. My mom telling me this story, but my, apparently I spilled some milk at the dinner table all over the place. And my dad flipped out so... Well, this is when he was around when I was really young. Um, and so um, he, like, was flipping out or whatever. And I got so scared that I was, like, cowering underneath. I, like, slid out of my booster seat and was, like, cowering under the table. And when I had heard these... My grandma told me that story, like, so many times. I don't know why. Um, but I, in the moment, I was like... What? Okay, that's messed up. And I just kept thinking, like, every time she would tell me, or let's say every time the memory popped up, right. why the fuck was he such a jerk? But really, now that I've been doing it, and it just recently popped up with this inner child stuff I'm doing, what I my thoughts are now is, why the fuck didn't you do anything about it? Right. Why the fuck were you all standing there watching milk pour all over the place and me cowering under the table crying, literally crying over spilt milk? And and uh, who like what like why wasn't something done? And I don't know. I don't have any other part of the memory except for that, right? So and so when I reprogram that, I okay. reprogram it to my mom. Because it also goes back into, I have this underlying thing of not being able to stand up for myself. And that comes a lot from my mom because she was in a serious abusive relationship before him. And his was a whole different kind of like neglect and abuse, not a physical thing. But enough for in that moment, I'm, I imagine she just cowered away, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I what I imagined is her being strong and scooping me up from under the table and being like, it's okay, baby. It's just spilt milk and screaming at him and sending, you know, standing up for both of us. Right. And I was like, like I went through this whole process with it and I was like, Oh, I mean, I felt like my body changed. I was like, Oh, that's what it feels like to be able to stand up for yourself. Right. And that was from some little, from spilt milk, spilt milk memory. <laughs> this is why you know? I think. I don't know. I was going to say that maybe too much of a should, but this. 
Uh, as somebody that, I will own it myself, as somebody that's minimized that I've had no trauma. I've taken the <laughs> stance of having had no trauma. Uh-huh. Because I'm comparing myself to mm-hmm. things that I consider worth naming as right. big T trauma, right? Yeah. So because I had a pretty, like, my life was pretty vanilla in the sense of we had money, we had, you know, my parents mm-hmm. were around, all those basic check boxes. Right. I always was like, I'm not allowed to think that I've had trauma. But trauma can come in teeny ways, like you spill spirits or you yep. spill milk. Yeah. And it still isn't. The same trauma as something else, no, but comparing doesn't help. Right. But the point is, is your body as a child takes it in and doesn't discern the difference between spilled milk and um, your house burning down. Yep, exactly. You physiologically internalize that as losing something. Mm -hmm. Okay, you lost a glass of milk, you lost a house. Your body responds the same, and that body memory Mm -hmm. later has a feeling of abandonment. And so we want thing we we want to say it can't be that small right. to have an impact. But I feel like the smaller things are almost more and I shouldn't say that in my experience. Yeah. The smaller things feel like they're more impactful. Well, I think you get val you tend to get validated like I'm, I don't know why I came up with this idea of your house burning down, but if somebody's house burns down, People around you tend to be like, that must have been hard. Yeah. But if you spill milk, people the next day aren't going to be like, that must have been hard. Right. And so I think you you do get at least, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with the generalization I'm making, but I think often we get validation for bigger visible yeah. traumas. Yeah. How about that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Not always, but. But I think that's a really good point to not be. I love your journey on it too. Because it wasn't that long ago that you're like, I don't have trauma. And I looked at you and was like, wait a minute. You've told me stories about, you know, like coming home from school and having to sit and get yelled at because I don't even remember what they were. Oh, yeah, was, I don't I'm even like, remember. That, yeah. And your sister's being up in the stairwell like, oh, no, she's getting yelled at again. That's trauma. Right. That's and fucking now trauma. I, now I... But you just thought it was normal. Well, it was normal. Well, it was your normal. You're correct. Right. And it was there. They have a different trauma from being up in the stairwell, by the way. Just like my sister has a different trauma from when I would come home wasted and get in trouble all the time. And, you know, like. Well, I thought everybody got lectured for four hours a night. No, (laughs) that's not true. But it was. And so to your point, that realization to me was maybe a year ago. No, maybe less. But the point is, is there's not a time frame. I think sometimes we say, I'm, for me, example, I'm 50. I should know this by now. Nope. Stop doing that. Nope. You know what you know today. Yeah. And now the me that a year ago would have said, I have no trauma. That was for me a year ago. That was where I was at. Right. Exactly. And now I look at it and I'm like, okay, I... That's okay that I felt that way and I did it for reasons and now I can feel differently. But yeah. I think when we say, and it's part of the healing, the, our original question is when the biggest part of any transformation, any healing that you want is being okay with feeling different than you used to feel. Instead mm. of saying, I should have done this relationship different. I should have known this. Yeah. Instead of saying that, saying, I did what I did 
And now I'm here and I feel what I feel. And what do I need more specifically? What does my inner child need to move forward differently? Yeah. Yeah. And I loved earlier, you said something about you imagine you visualize sitting with the emotion, like it's yeah. someone sitting on your couch. I say that all the time. Like you got to sit with it. Sit what with the it. fuck does that mean? I love that visualization. You got to sit with you gotta sit pull with it, it up on your couch, put sad there, have right. a little chat and be like, what up? What up? What's going on? Right. Tell you're me why you're here. To move Tell in. me why you're here. Yeah. yeah. But I, you might need to you stay. You might a while. need to stay like a day or two, but you know. You, and I you can come stay. you might not be come back weeks. and visit. I don't know. Oh, I might open the door for that. you. But but if you're not sitting with it and feeling it and in it, all of that, then there is no way yeah. it's going away. Well that might, it's gonna go in the other bedroom. It's gonna go in the and other bedroom. And then and you're gonna think it's gone, and then right. you're gonna be like, fuck, you're still here. Right. You're still here. And it's going to open the door for the fucking person no shit. in real life that is triggering and opening that up again in you. And so you're going to be like, oh, yes, I need this again. Oh God, it's I so need bad. to be with you again. I yeah. need you in my life again. Bullshit. Well, I, okay. Because you let I it go say. in the bedroom. Right. <laughs> well, I always joke. Because this is how my family was, is if you have an emotion, take it outside. Uh. So that's part of where my visualization comes from is, no, I'm not going to shove you out the door. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you necessarily take up residence, but I'm going to give you your time Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you what you need. But part of that, what you just said, the other crucial part is, okay, so sadness is in my house. Sadness is here for a couple weeks, right? And then I I feel better and it's time for sadness to move on. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, it shows up again and somehow we equate that to that we're doing something wrong mm-hmm. rather than going, you are, things will come up again. And for people that have even lost somebody like for death is you're not, you don't just one day go, I don't miss them anymore. Right. And you, 10 years later, you could start crying because you see a place that you went with them. And I think trauma is the exact same way is you can end a relationship and you can feel better over time. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, you can get blindsided by the, the acute post-breakup emotions, like it just happened. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the deal. Yeah. That's part of the deal. But we want to never feel it again. I know that's how I feel. Yeah. I never, ever, ever, ever want to feel anything bad ever again the rest of my life. Yeah. And I, I do have a belief that I'm doing something wrong if I do. Now, I, do, I know that's not true. That's right, my, right, right. That's my co- a core narrative. Yeah. If you feel something that isn't happy, if you're not fine... You're wrong. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love that that's my response. I love it. I love it. Um, that's so, there is like this aspects of the polar opposites. Like, yeah. I don't know that I would know what happy felt like if I didn't know what the crappier things of felt course. like. Right? Right. And so you have to, it's, we're you on this to. constant wave, you yeah. know, it's, I think of it like, like, um, if you look at like, like an EKG or something, yeah. like an energy, uh, what are those called? An energy an mapping? Oh, yeah. Like an EKG. Okay. Yeah. An EKG people can image, yeah. They right? can correct yeah. us. <laughs> Let us. So where it's up and down, up and down, up and down, right? Right. That, I feel like that's how our emotions are. We're never in just one. Now, there can be like this ex like a manic depressive right yeah. where you're like at super extremes right um but th- that's not what i mean by up and down because that's not super right. that's not a healthy 
right. extreme, I guess. But right. the, you have to have all the range of the highs and the lows We're and everything We're not supposed to feel between. happy every moment. Yeah. It makes me think of cramps. <laughs> have you ever had such bad cramps that <sighs> when they go away, you're like, I feel so good. And you don't realize how good your body feels. Yeah, because yeah, Because you totally. didn't have that yeah. comparison to it. I don't know. I've had that it makes me think of taking mushrooms too. Like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you are on this like roller coaster. It's not, I mean, I've never had like a bad trip per se. I know people have, so I'm not discounting that. But even in my good trips, like it's, there's this elevated like, oh, and I'm like, I don't know where I am. But I'm in this super ecstatic state. And then I come back, dip back down into reality. And then I go back up. Reality is my low. Mm-hmm. Well, not my lowest. But for the most part. Mm-hmm. I come back down to a baseline and then pop back up and down to a baseline and pop back up. And sometimes I dip below that baseline and I'm like, ah, right. I'm feeling and learning something. <laughs> um, and then I pop back up. You know, so it makes me think of that. Like we have to go through we the do. ups and downs and the hills and the valleys in right. order to even know what any of those are. It's all of those. I mean, we've seen that like you have to have the night to know what the sunlight Um, looks like like all those things but i do think there's something about revisiting emotions that makes us feel like we're failing in our healing and i think that that's a good thing to say no it's realistic you might even be triggered by something that you don't even know what the trigger was but all of a sudden you're and maybe it's just me no i know it's not just (laughs) me but like i'll just i've just been in freaking costco and i'm like gonna buy these chips and the chips mean something and I'm bawling my head off in Costco. <laughs> and I would have said two seconds ago, I'm in a great mood. I'm happy. Right, right. But something happens and you're bawling in Costco looking at this bag of chips. And that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Eat I, the chips. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> Get two bags. Get you're two gonna, bags. Get you're going to need that to work through yeah. those. But I think that that's the human condition because we're talking about inner child stuff. So obviously we're already talking about that you're going to go back to things and you're going right. to bring them forward. So the idea that something's going to happen to you and you're never going to revisit it again, you're going to heal and never revisit it again is an unrealistic expectation for our emotions. Yeah. It's just about how am I going to deal with them differently yeah. when they come up. Yeah. I, so I don't know if we've answered the question about how to <laughs> well, heal. The, well, I feel like that's one big way. Like sure, that's for one sure. of my big methods. Yeah. Um, there are less um, therapeutic ways. I was going to say healthy, but we'll say less therapeutic ways, such as I have mentioned and you have mentioned before, eating. That's going to stop an emotion in its tracks for me. Yeah. I had a really... Um, yesterday I did this this somatic yoga practice and like had this big meltdown breakthrough thing of emotions. And then afterwards, like I was just, I was spent, I was done. I had just a couple things going on emotionally in the last couple of days. And then I was like, I, I can't, I'm done. I need integration time. I need to rest. I couldn't finish the class. I was like, I'll come back to it later. My body needs to, I just released so much. My body needs to relax. And I should have, like gone and laid on the couch. Mm-hmm. I got up, I took a little bit of walk, did a couple things, and I was like, I'm fucking starving. And I really was. I hadn't eaten, so I was so hungry. And I was like, I'm going to go eat. And so I went. <laughs> I'm going to go eat. Okay. I went and I ate. 
and I ate and I ate and I ate and then I went and got some ice cream after and then I was like fucking miserable mm-hmm. like I, I mean I was like I don't how did I just put all of that food into my stomach yeah like I was miserable like most of the day in that sense in like I'm so over full that I didn't feel my other things I relate to this so deeply. <laughs> I know there are other people. Somebody, somebody is listening. That's yeah. like, I don't get that. No, yeah. I. If or you eat till you're miserable, before I've done that and yeah. drank oh, alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was. I was looking. I was just looking for a quote that I couldn't find. But there's a quote that basically is like, "Is what you're doing to get through something? Is it a distraction from what you're doing, mm. or is it a, um, is it work?" And that's not the quote. But the right. idea is like. We do these things that take us away from the emotion so we don't feel the emotion rather than sitting with it. So drinking is an a, a escapism. Eating is an escapism. Um, drugs, whatever. Well, even things. doing yeah. something, playing video games mm-hmm. or even going work, being a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I know I can use work yeah. as a big distractor. And these things are distracting. And the, the thing that I've learned that's a real bummer is... Distracting things have their place for a moment. Like sometimes you just got to get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. But you haven't changed that you're going to have to feel that. You've only delayed it. Exactly. Exactly. So if you can do both. Now we we do have to go to work. We have to go shopping. We have to do the shit. But if you recognize that I'm in a place right now where I feel angry. And it's okay for me to feel angry. But pretending I don't and distracting myself from feeling angry just means that I'll feel more angry later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you're, there's, you're right. Sometimes we have to do it. Like, I got I to gotta go be at work right now. So I'm going to push that away. But recognizing and coming back to it right. when, you know, and that's what I think we don't do is we shove it away right. and then we're like, well, I'm not feeling it right now. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to keep on yeah. going, you know, but when we can be more conscious about that, especially when you just know you're going through shit, like shove it away for a minute to get through the mundane. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you get home now, deal with it. I saw right? something that was saying a sign of unresolved trauma was, uh, is when you say to yourself, I just have to get through this week, oh. every week. Oh, that that's unresolved trauma. If you're like, I just yeah. gotta go to work, and I and you're gonna have those moments, especially like if we go back to the breakup thing. Right after you break up with somebody, you might have a couple weeks where you're like, I just have to go to work. I just have to do that. Yeah. But you know you're not dealing with it if your habit is to say, I just yeah. gotta get through this week. I just yeah. gotta get to blank. Yeah. What, okay, so what other things? Okay. What other um, things have, what other tools? I find art or um, doing something creative. I'm mm. not going to say art because art makes it defined for people, but if I cook, if I weave, if I crochet, if I work in my yard, mm-hmm. I find that to be an incredibly helpful thing. And, um, I have to move my, I think we all do, but I have to move my body and I say move body and I know you'll have opinions on this too, but, um, for me, the moving of my body just needs to be a walk for you. It's not a walk. And I think the point is, is that it doesn't matter how you move your body. As long as you move your body, you'd rather do a yoga session. I'd rather take a walk. 
doesn't matter for people's healing, you have to move your body. Right, so, right, right. Creativity, body movement. And the sooner that you can the so- do oh, it, yeah. the less extreme yeah. <laughs> issues you will have doing it later. You know, I know. So, like, you, you know, you get angry about something. If you could just go walk it off right away, that'd be amazing, right? Or you got to wait and get through work and then go take a walk, right? Yeah. But if you just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it until next week, until next week, and then you need you need to fucking run or something because, right. you know, or for me, like I, I do, I mean, I don't just do yoga. Like a walk would right. be fine if I actually fucking did it, you know? Right. But like, even with my yoga, like I haven't done that. And I, the couple of years I've lived here, it's not been a regular practice anymore. And so when I do practice, then that's when I have these mega releases because I'm holding so much in my body that it's like, it's like I open a fucking floodgate or something and I'm like, ah, but another one of my favorite things to do sort of on that, I'm not moving my body per se, but I'm moving and the car Mm. Oh, car driving driving is is like, Oh, oh my god. And sometimes I'll be listening to something. Sometimes it'll just be music, but sometimes I turn the music off and just listen to my head, which mm. is not always the best either, but Yeah. Um, but what happens is when you're driving and it helps if we we live in an amazing area for that because we have so many open easy freeway easy. highways, yeah. you know, you without traffic. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even when I lived in like a congested traffic area, being in the car and the movement of the car puts you in this, like, it's called a hypnagogic state, which Mm -hmm. is like you're in that hypnosis state. Like Mm -hmm. if you've ever been like from point A to point B and been like, I don't remember driving here or how did, what happened in the last five minutes? Did I turn at that red light? Like that's because you were in a hypnagogic state. So you're conscious, you are actually okay driving around but you're also in a very like in your subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. And so I will be driving and God knows like the million thoughts that will like fucking float through my head and then all of a sudden I'm like Whoa! like but the the amount either of screaming or sobbing. It is the best and you're in your car and you're just screaming Mm -hmm. especially if you're driving on an open freeway. Yeah. Nobody's hearing you. It's the best feeling ever. 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 It is like a little capsule. I've seen I've seen someone do do that like at a stoplight and I'm like girl's going through some shit. She's screaming. Girl's going through screaming. I was like, go girl, you got it. Um but that is one of my favorite things to do yeah um i'm sure there is a like fine line between when you should pull over and let some processing happen (laughs) i had to pull over i mean but i've had i have a long commute and so it's worked out that i've i'm forced to get in the car uh uh-huh and it's been so beneficial because i have to do it all the time and it's made me drive on sometimes just get in the car and do that but um there there is that moment where I'm like, you got to pull over. Yeah. Because you you physically are like, well, first of all, I, yeah, can't, I can't see, see. anymore. Yeah. yeah. But also, I'm I, sometimes, you know, when you're, your body, you know, there's 
Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say this except what I'm going to say. You know, there's eye crying and then uh -huh. there's body crying, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes I'll eye cry. Mm -hmm. This is not the technical term. Right. But sometimes I'm eye crying and I can do shit. I can walk around my house yeah. and eye cry. And then sometimes it goes into your body uh -huh. and you're like, I can't hold a straight. Yeah. And, and the yeah. thing is, is like, I don't have a story with any of these. I'm not like, no, oh, I'm crying no. because I'm sad of whatever. And it may not even be a cry because right. I'm sad. Right. It is just what has been holed up in my body yep. that is coming out in this form now. Yep. Um, and so I, I feel like that's a really important thing for people to understand is like, you don't have to have a story with it to no. release it in that form. And you don't have to make it. Let, <sighs> let the car do the work. <laughs> Right. Let the car right. do the work. I had this. I want to share a story of that once. I went and I did. It's a what's it called? It's some form of like hypnosis type stuff. I forget what it's called. E not EFT. That's tapping stuff. EMDR. No, I want to do that really bad yeah. though. Anyway, I I had this session with someone, and it was like an hour away from my house in San Diego. And so it was a really long drive and it was an evening session. I was done at like eight o'clock. So it was dark and I was driving a long distance and I like, she, you know, she brought me back in and we did some grounding things and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, good. Like, and I don't even recall what exactly it was a brown food. Um, that's not what I went in for, but mm -hmm. it ended up being about food and my body. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and then, as I am driving, I hit the freeway and I lose my shit. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like in that sobbing, whatever, but I keep driving and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pull over. Like I was just in this, oh my God. And I, but I kept hearing, you're fine. We got it. You're fine. We got it. Mm. You just, but, and I was, I was literally like in another experience I forget exactly what it was but I was experiencing something from childhood and like soothing that little child of mine and all this stuff all of that was happening while I'm sobbing and driving I probably should have pulled over okay I didn't though and I made it home fine because I kept hearing you're you're fine we got this we got this we got this right. like I needed to keep driving in order for it to keep processing I don't know I don't recommend that to everyone I'm not, no, I'm but, saying but I probably you. should have yeah. pulled over for yeah. the safety of myself and others, but I did make it home okay. But um, it goes back to your point that we started this with the car driving is moving. Sometimes it's yeah. moving your body and sometimes it's physically, like sometimes I just need to be in a different physical location. Uh -huh. I just need to oh, move yeah. it out, out of a space. Like right now, okay, this space where I yeah. I might have a feeling of this space isn't working for me. Like I just got to get out of the house. Yeah. And so I think the movement is a big, a big part of healing. I also want to say something. I want to see your opinion on this because I don't know if I have a distinct opinion on it, but it's just a thought. And this isn't because I'm not an exerciser, but <laughs> I also think exercising, like exercising can be a form of distracting thing rather than when I'm talking about body movement for healing, I'm not talking about a Stairmaster Insanity series. 
Now, I know that some people listening will yeah. be like, no, that's what I do for therapy. But I actually think there's some really high-intensity well, stuff that's distracting. It, yeah, because you have to be able to get in that trance-like state. Oh, sh- okay, Whatever sure, you're doing. Sure. So the gardening, the getting into, like, painting creative mode, whatever. The, you know, taking a walk, the yeah, driving. Yeah. You, you have to be able to get into that trance-like state in order for it to your subconscious to kick in. Right. right. And so whatever it is that you're doing, if you're, but if you're in this, I, I mean, at least for me, running extreme workout stuff takes a lot of like, it, I don't get into a trance like state. That wouldn't that. be healing for me. No, no. <laughs> it might be beneficial. And there might be some people that can, you know, go on a run and get in that state. But if they're doing it for this workout That's purpose, what I mean. that, no. I, I don't think they're going to have the same Running, therapeutic I can of... see. But it's the... Yeah, it's what you're yeah. saying. It's that high intensity where I'm going to go and just... Yeah, I don't know. But it's there is yeah. a difference. There yeah. is a difference. Um, um, yeah. It's all about getting in that trance-like state, though. And there's so many things that take us there. I think... You know? So I think the summary of what we've said is you are going to go... You have to go through the emotions. And the way that helps make that ride smoother our movement creativity and some fucking grace and sometimes some food and sometimes some food. <laughs> but, and i think but yeah no, no you and i okay we both have food issues but there are hey everybody thanks for listening if you want to follow us on our socials i am on instagram only annie and my handle is Eclectic tomato, E C L E C T I C tomato. 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 And I am on Instagram as Yoga Sound Bliss. I don't think I need to spell that out. Um, and then I am on Facebook at Julie Johnston. That is with a T J O H N S T O N. Um, I am not the famous soccer player. So if you find her account, do you know that? I did not know that. (laughs) If you Google Julie Johnston, a famous soccer player comes up. It's not me. Also, Um, we want you to subscribe. Yes. So please subscribe, um, on, uh, we're on Spotify, whatever, whatever you're listening to subscribe to us. And then we are calling in some five star reviews. So if you feel like this is five-star material, and you would like to leave a review, please do so, because that helps us be um, available to more people. Um, but we only want five stars, so if you're not feeling five stars, just message us and let us know what we're doing that doesn't please you. We're or not keep change. it to yourself. Right. Just kidding. We do care, but we don't. Right. <laughs> and also, um, you could share us with your friends. Yes. Yes, if this is something that really resonated and you're like, This friend needs to hear it too. Share it with them. That's right. All right. Peace out.